Welcome to Love Rules, the radio ministry of Roxbury Presbyterian Church in Boston. My mom, Liz Walker, was Boston's first African-American television news anchor, but her most important job is what she does right now at RPC, preaching the good news about God's love. The Bible says, above all, love each other deeply because love covers a multitude of sins. How does that work? Join my mom now as she offers us Love Rules from Roxbury Presbyterian Church. Hi, everybody, and welcome to Love Rules. Today's message, The Turning Point. And believe it or not, we're just going to take a really short text. Luke, the ninth chapter, the 51st verse. And it came to pass when the time was come that Jesus should be received up. He steadfastly set his face to go to Jerusalem. You know, I meet far too many troubled young men in my ministry at Rock's Prez. And and I'm not saying that all the men in my community are troubled, but I run into a few. And it stays in my spirit. There is one in particular that I met not too long ago. I'm going to call him Joe. He first came into the church from the streets several years ago, having barely survived a horrendous street life with gangs and drugs and crime. He'd known a lot of violence. He, he had known a lot of abuse in his life. But our church ministered to him. This was before I was there. This was the last pastor. and It, it is sort of the nature of our church, of course, as Christians, to minister to those who need us. So this young man came back to visit not too long ago after the funeral of his grandmother. She meant the world to him, and he was very sad. But we were all touched that he chose to come to church, that he put on his best clothes and his shiny new shoes, and even though he was sad and in despair, he really wanted to talk. So we allowed him to give a testimony during the service, and he shared with the congregation how hard it was to to keep on the straight and narrow. Maybe when you've been through what he's been through, staying on the straight and narrow may seem nearly impossible, especially when you're heading back to a life where you need to keep your head down just to make it through another day. As we watched him speak that day, it dawned on me that we were witnessing a young man whose journey was changing dramatically. He had gone to the funeral of his grandmother, who represented the only sense of stability he'd ever known. He had no idea where he was headed. He was at a profound stage in his life, and he really sounded like he was still lost. And I think about that young man when I read this text, because the ninth chapter of Luke describes a pivotal point in Jesus's life, Uh, the 51st verse once again. And it came to pass when the time was come that Jesus should be received up. He steadfastly set his face to go to Jerusalem. Both the young man visiting our church and Jesus mark a significant moment when the course of the events of their lives could change. They both stand at the crossroads of what I like to refer to as fate and destiny. Fate and destiny, two rather serious philosophical concepts. How do they impact a Christian journey? The world's greatest thinkers have long debated the meaning of fate and destiny. Historically, it is believed they are one and the same, the inevitability and flow of events as they work themselves out, the course of your life that will occur regardless of what you do. It has always been assumed that fate and destiny were conditions that happened to you, that you had nothing to do with them. And some people may still believe that. Fate and destiny are both the same, out of our control. 
But I think we need to look closely at this and ultimately gain a better understanding of both these concepts, which may help us in our spiritual growth. Because the Apostle Paul reminds us we are all striving to become mature Christians, that we may fulfill God's will for us. It was the early church fathers who first wrestled with the concepts of fate and destiny. Augustine declared a profound distinction based on his own life of searching for God. While Augustine agreed that fate indeed was something over which we might have no control, a product of nature, he concluded that destiny is far more powerful. And he believed that it's important because it's directed with purpose. Destiny, according to Augustine, is when reason, our mind, overrides nature through the correct directing of our will. I love this. When reason overrides nature through the correct directing of our will. The only way to overcome your fate, come on now, is to see God who controls your destiny. That's how I define what Augustine said. The only way to overcome your fate is to seek God who controls your destiny. No matter where we are along the journey, we will always have to make decisions and choices between resigning to fate or allowing God to control our destiny. That choice is always going to be us. That's the whole idea of free will. But you have to understand what you're choosing between. Now, Jesus had a choice every step of his journey. And sometimes I think we forget that. Given God's amazing love for us, we prefer to believe that Jesus had no other choice. Uh, His only only, uh, point was to save us from our sins. And that is true. Jesus came to save us from our sins. But he wasn't a puppet. He was obedient. Every step of the way, he made a choice. He was fully God, but he was also fully human. You see, there is always a choice in this spiritual journey on this Christian path. So many of our young people seem locked in nowhere lives these days, at least in my neighborhood, but I bet in other neighborhoods too. This is not just an urban issue. This This is a suburban issue as well. There are kids who just don't feel that they have a, a purpose in life. Uh, they, they don't feel that they're here for any reason. They, they, they have habits and behaviors that seem to just uh, reflect feeling aimless and purposeless. Where will they turn in the midst of helplessness and hopelessness? Uh, In my community, parents are ill-equipped. Schools and community organizations are overwhelmed. Governments are indifferent. And the church? Well, here's my theory. The church is the only place I can think of that just might make the difference in so many of these lives that are spiraling out of control. The church just might be the place where people can snatch those those kids out of the hands of fate and turn them toward their divine destiny, giving them the details of God's plan for them. It's the church that can be the turning point. I am so thankful you've joined us today. Remember, Love Rules is totally listener-supported. Won't you make a donation right now to keep this program on the air? Log on to RoxburyPresbyterianChurch.org and click on Giving. That's RoxburyPresbyterianChurch.org. Org. Click on giving. Thank you. God bless you. So the difference between destiny and fate 
can be made in the church. God's plan for all of us is to prosper us, not to harm us, a plan to give us hope and a future, but we have to turn to God. We have to pray. We have to humble ourselves before God. That is a part of our choice. The danger in, is making choices on an impulsive level, reacting to emotion or circumstances. You make decisions on how you feel or what you lust for, and that's what happens. Our prisons are full of people who make those kind of on-the-spot decisions. The spiritual way, of course, is to make choices has to begin one place and one place only, in the heart, in the core of who you are, in your mind, your will. Every choice you make, every step you take begins there. That's why you read about the heart so much in the Bible. Solomon warns us in the book of Proverbs, above all else, guard your heart, for it is the wellspring of life. And the heart is deceitful. It is the home of our sinful nature. It is the receptacle for evil, and it is by nature self-protective, and by nature it trusts in its own solutions. So we have to remember that God trumps, and forgive the pun, but God is, is above our hearts. And that's why the Bible says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. We can't just think we can figure this out on our own or we can be emotional on our own. We have to trust in God. You can't trust your heart. You have to ask God to take your heart and change your heart. And even then, every day you are faced with a choice. And if you think our everyday choices take work and we're saved, sanctified, and delivered, think how hard it must be for our children who haven't grown in their faith or matured in their spiritual walk. Think about the ones who don't know Jesus. The world has taken their hearts and twisted them and poisoned them and broken them so much that if we don't get them to Jesus, they're going to be lost and confused. When my son was a baby, or at least a baby to me, when he was a teenager, one of our biggest points of contention was the fact that I would not give him permission to hang out. He couldn't understand why I wouldn't allow hanging out. But I didn't want my child to ever leave my house without a purpose. Hanging out with no direction, no focus, makes you more vulnerable, makes your core, your heart, susceptible to the world's lies. It's no different from these young men that I meet on the streets today. They're out in the world wrestling and ducking and dodging based on their own limited and corrupted sense of life. They believe in fate. Whatever happens just happens. But I want them to be prepared for God's destiny. That young man who visited our church knew a little something, something about God. Why else would he come? I only wish he could have stayed a little longer Maybe we could have helped him find purpose. Maybe he would have learned the importance of being steadfast, focused, and ready to live that life of purpose. Jesus set his face to go to Jerusalem. He knew his destiny. There was suffering in it. But for the joy that was set before him, he went through the suffering. When the time had come, he steadfastly set his face to go to Jerusalem, his destiny. We have to work as members of the body of Christ, as members of the church, to reach everybody, particularly our young, so they can move from lives 
that are just succumbing to fate, to lives of purpose in God's destiny. Thanks for joining me. Be blessed. Thank you for tuning in. Roxbury Presbyterian Church is located at 328 Warren Street, right in the heart of Roxbury. Come worship with us on Sundays at 11 a.m. This is a listener-supported program. We invite you to partner with us and learn the many ways that love rules. Visit us on our website, roxburypresbyterianchurch.org, or call us at 617-445-2116. Love will reign if you let love